this just in from the powers that be. We have the reports of a spiffingly wonderful but slightly weird podcast with news from around the world wide web. This podcast contains amusing quips and delightful anecdotes that may just cheer up your Monday. I believe I'm getting some audio from the podcast itself. I seem to have a history with mini golf because I've had a bird land on my shoulder at another mini golf course. You ever thought about not playing mini golf as much or indoor mini golf safely? I've, I've played indoor mini golf and I got hit in the head with a mini golf ball. <laughs> Like, why would you not know Andre the Giant? Like, of all the wrestlers you can't name. Like, why is that guy called Andre the Giant? <laughs> Funny thing, it'd be that other guy that's huge. When my wife goes out, I like to lick her salt, the Himalayan salt lamps. They taste lovely. With that. I'm so scared. <laughs> when my wife goes out, I like to lick Himalayan salt lamps. Would not have been the, the Himalayan complete salt lamps. In the, yeah, yeah. In the blank. Yeah. What, ha- what happened next? I went and got an ice cream from an ice cream shop and the man behind the counter said oh look out for the seagulls and I just laughed because you know you just kind of don't really take it all in anyway I was walking along the beach eating my ice cream and out of bloody nowhere seagull swoops down and takes the head off of my ice cream I'm left with a tiny bit of cone in my childlike hands that's all we can afford to reveal from the archives. If you're wanting more of this type of top quality banter in your eardrums, then you can find them by scanning your most popular platforms, such as the spoofing Spotify, the aristocratic Apple Podcast, and grandstanding Google, among many more. How exciting! So, what's the name of this podcast, you ask? Well, that's a very good question. And the answer to that question is the Totally Buzzed UK podcast. What's that? Say it again, you say? It's the Totally Buzzed UK podcast. You can catch their broadcast from the early bird time of Monday at 7am. But not to worry if you aren't such an early bird as you could always visit the archives when new episodes are added weekly for your listening pleasure. If you suffer from selective hearing, I shall repeat again where you can search for these archives. The following are Spiffing Spotify, Aristocratic Apple Podcasts and Grandstanding Google, among others. So if you enjoy a tickety-boo time, then adjust your streaming platforms and tune in. Football beef! Disclaimer. The following is an opinion-based podcast. Hello, and welcome to an all-new football beef. It's the big one. It's the season preview of the Premier League for the 2023-24 season. I'm your host, Laura O'Leary, and I'm joined by Daniel the Devil himself, Jones. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. And I'm also joined by Mr. Vibes, John the Johnny Messiah Squires. More nicknames than I could even think of. Hello, everyone. Hello. Well, I had to bring back the vibes just in case there's no vibes this season because that is basically what a lot of our stuff was last season when we talked about Premier League clubs, yeah. particularly Newcastle and vibes. Can't, so. I can't wait to see the Champions League draw with vibes FC getting drawn out. That's the only time vibes will be mentioned. The vibes are a thing of the past. It's a new season. We're excited. New teams. New dreams. Let's go. Excited. I I am genuinely excited. It's going to be a good season. Are you feeling the same, Squiggy? Yeah. I mean, I even watched Sunderland play today. That's how desperate I was for a bit of football. Oh, geez, and I'm it was, sorry. It was, no, it was fine because they got They beat. lost, so it's enjoyable. So yeah. I had oh, a great yeah. day. Nice. Anyway, to explain how this is going to work, we're going to do 10 teams now and then another episode drop with the other 10 teams. We're going to do it now for better co-order. So we're going to have some positives, we're going to have some negative, talk about some title contenders, talk about some relegation fears for certain teams. But anyway, that does mean we're going to kick it off 
with last season's runners-up. Let's discuss Arsenal, boys. Daniel, Arsenal, title contenders from the get-go this time? Not quite. Obviously, I think top four is is doable, but at the same time, I think it's a must this season, uh, given last season as well. They've got Champions League. They have spent some money this year. It's got to be addressed. They've spent just over £200 million. It's only on three signings as well. That's, that's Rice, Havertz, oh, Timber. Yeah, I think there's going to be... I think there's going to be massive question marks over Kai Havertz. You know, he finished 12th with Chelsea last season. He's not proven himself to be the player that a lot of people expect him to be, nor has he proven the value that he's been sold for. Do I think he'll fit into the Arsenal squad? Yeah, but... and. And he had glimpses today at the time of recording. Obviously, we've just come off the Community Shield where they Arsenal lifted a trophy. I want to call it a trophy, a shield. They lifted a piece of metal up. Kai Havertz, massive question marks. Jurian Timber, uh, a good sign-in, but there's going to be questions over the physicality of the league, whether he can adapt to it. Uh, as with any new sign-in, obviously not so much with Kai Havertz because he's already played in the Premier League, but I feel that Jurian Timber may have gone to Manchester United if that that's what they were looking for. And also, I do believe Eric Ten Hag thought it wasn't the right time for him. So Arsenal pulled the trigger earlier and signed him. And then moving on to Declan Rice, massively overpaid. £100 million up front with a further £5 million in add-ons. I look at last season, look at the form, the purple patch that Granite Xhaka was in, and looking at where West Ham were in the league. Obviously, they were flirting with relegation for quite a large part of the season. I don't believe that there's one Arsenal fan that would have looked at Declan Rice and said, yeah, that's the player we need. We're happy to spend whatever money is required when they had Xhaka in their squad. Xhaka's moved on this year, despite having a phenomenal season last season, probably his best season in an Arsenal shirt. And they've gone and spent hundred potentially £105 million on Declan Rice. Is he a game changer? No. Is he a match winner? No. Is he someone that's going to be consistently good? I think he could be. But for me, there is a little bit of square peg in a round hole. Don't know if Declan Rice is a signing they needed. They definitely didn't need to spend 100 to £105 million on him. So Arsenal this season, I think they're going to do well, but I don't see them as title contenders this season. See, I'm going to like disagree but with the whole financing because I think you pay, the market's broken. We'll probably speak about that with a lot of teams you're coming pay, up. You're paying English tax as well, aren't you? Yeah, on, there's a whole thing. And it, it's like West Ham's, you're basically ripping West Ham. You basically paid for the heart of West Ham. Maybe the soul as well is thrown in there at this point. So that's why it's not really like, the money I think you, I can see what you're saying when you say it's that much is it worth it and stuff like that but then I'd say he's one of the best people in that position that they wanted and you, if you really really want to fix that hole in their team then Is that what you're saying though? You're saying Declan Rice is the best that they could get for 100 million in that position? In that position I mean who else are you going to I don't, get I don't young, think there's many really... players ready made to fit into that awesome midfield who can drive with the ball from midfield because I don't think he was not going to play like a Holden role and Xhaka kind of played a bit more further forward in midfield last season than what he probably did in previous seasons and I think Rice is a player who can he can pick up the ball he can drive at opponents he's, he's not he's not the finished product whether he's worth a hundred and on millions another matter but he, he'll improve that awesome midfield with, just with his running I think and his, not and his drive product is a bit of the selling point as well because you're like this is where he's at he's good you know a very like good Premier League made a difference in the struggling team at times carried them showed that he can step up you know all that stuff and then you've got like 
well, if you can improve him, challenge him, push him with height, you know, play with better players around him, which is no disrespect to West Ham because, you know, good players, but you'd say Arsenal squad's meant to be a level above. Could they not have spent 40 million less and got Mason Mount? Or could they not have... I don't think Mason Mount is as complete. Like, because Declan Rice does defence. I don't rate Mason Mount, to be perfectly honest. Sorry, Daniel. No, 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 believe me. I like Mason Mount. I just don't think he's the same mould of player. I think if you said Mason Mount, hold your position and stuff like that, I don't think you'd have that. You wouldn't be that reassured by him. I think, mate, the thing is, even you could go into Mason Mount later, but it's like he sort of hasn't made any position. He's sort of own in midfield and stuff like that. Whereas Declan Rice, I feel like he has settled as a more defensive mid, but you've seen how he's able to have moved on and he started adding the goals. He's, and He's one of those players that forward. he can easily sit in front of a back four, but if you give him that little bit of freedom, he will he'll drive teams forward with his running, but he also gets back and covers. And I think that's probably what Arsenal might have missed a little bit towards the end of last season, that, you know, that they look good going forward, but they were caught short at the back quite a bit, especially when um, Saliba, was out injured and I think having Rice in that team obviously he's not going to replace like Saliba like defensively if you know what I mean but he's going to be one of those players that'll he can slot in at the back four but he's he's one of those players that'll he'll get back and he'll do all like the dirty work to get back as well and I think that's kind of what Arsenal missed a little bit because Jack you know Xhaka does the dirty work but if he's caught up the pitch he hasn't got the legs to get back whereas Rice Rice does the important question is, is he worth £100 million? Well, no player is worth a. Hu- this no. is the point. It's a, you take mm. in marketing value, you take in stuff like that. You you could argue the same as like, oh, well, so-and-so scored this many goals, he's worth that money. It's it's not the money and to value of player isn't what it is now. Okay, so like a player like Leon Goretzka, for example, his contract's up very soon. Man United have been linked with him. He's a very good central midfielder. Probably would have cost 30 to 40 million. If you're Arsenal, are you not going to be looking at him over paying the English tax, paying the 100 million and someone who finished Some... 14th last season flirting with relegation throughout the season. Yes, they won the Europa Conference yeah, League. West Ham's overall performance isn't just a sole reflection of Declan Rice. Some, sometimes you see a player and you just you look at them and you go, that player is the perfect fit for our, for like my team. Like Personality, I saw, I, mentality. Yeah, like I watched Declan Rice at St. James's Park when he played for West Ham and he was the best player on the pitch, head and shoulders above everyone. And, and at that point, we were third in the league and West Ham were obviously down the bottom. He was the best player on the pitch by far. He, he carried West Ham through that game. He drove them forward. He was the last line of defence. He was he just worked and worked and worked for the team. And if you get a player, and that's what Arsenal have signed him for, basically, just for you know for his work ethic and the fact that he'll drive teams forward, he'll get back, he'll do, he basically does everything in midfield. He'll and it probably frees... As well, yeah, and he, like he'll be a captain in the future, yeah, because he's only what? How old is he? Twenty four. Twenty four, I think. Yeah, twenty four. So you know, if he's if he stayed at Arsenal, he's, he's going to be there for another what ten years if he stayed at Arsenal. Yeah, I can't then, see him another move now. Oh, it's certainly not a big move. Work it out with the if you pay a hundred million, you get ten ten seasons out of him. That's ten million. That's, it seems nothing, depending on how good these seasons go. Do you know what I mean? If Arsenal do win some legit trophies in that time, I'm not counting so, the community. So I guess my question to you then is: Declan Rice going to push them to hit the title this season? Then because I feel that's kind of what you're suggesting. I think they're going to be up there. They'll be up there, a bit like what you said, but I don't think... But I think other teams have improved a lot. And I think last season, you know, Arsenal played well. They played some good football, but I think a lot of the teams who were sort of expected to be challenging up there didn't turn up. You know, the likes of Chelsea, the likes of Man U and Liverpool even Spurs to a certain extent, like the teams that you would expect to be battling in that top four didn't really turn up as much. You know, we we got in the top four, we played well, but 
you know, no one expected us to be up there. And I think Arsenal signing Declan Rice has improved the midfield. I'm not really sure about Havertz and I'm not really sure about Timber, especially because Timber's more of a right-sided defender, if I remember rightly. Yeah, right. And, yeah. and you know, he's not going to, he's not going to like take Saliba's place in the way, what you call him, White has been playing. Yeah. Ben White, yeah. You know, is he is he really gonna take take his place as well? And he played on the left hand side, I think, today. Zinchenko being injured, and he looked all right. But again, if he's a, if he's used to playing at the right side, is he is it worth spending thirty five million on a player who's not going to be your your starting right centre back or your starting right back? But yeah, I, I think they'll be up there. But I think the teams have probably improved more that they'll be challenging up there. So, you know, the, they might not get the results against those teams that they got last season. I think it'll still be tight. I don't think they'll be leading the, ta- the top of the table for a long time like they did this, last season. This is an open question on Arsenal before we move on. Where do their goals come from? Well, Jay, think, um, Jesus is starting the season off injured. Yeah, well, as as he will. I, I called this uh, at the beginning of last season when Jesus signed £40 million. It's... It was an okay deal, but I, I didn't ever see him as Arsenal's leading man. He's not a prolific goal scorer. I don't think he's particularly amazing. Their goals will probably come from Martinelli, who at times today looked like a bright spark yet again. Odegaard, I think, is in for another really good season. And okay. I think I think Saka will probably get a few. The only My only real fear over Saka is how much the media love to jump on players, particularly English players. I just I worry a little bit about Saka. I'm the same a little bit to be fair I think towards the end of last season you could see it got to him a little bit I think his performances towards the end of last season were a little bit yeah I'm not going to say poor but not as good as what he had been yeah no it's kind of like the Rashford effect like it's just it's almost like a little bit too much media press coverage and stuff like that I just feel like I'm worried about Saka, which hurts me because I absolutely love Saka. He's one of my favourite players in the, in the Premier League at the moment. But I, I think that Martinelli and Odegaard perhaps deal with it a little bit better, maybe not as much as well. They don't get as much coverage and attention. Um, so I feel like that's where their goal is going to come in. I do feel like Havertz will probably chip in with a few. I think Jesus will probably chip in with a few as well. For me, I've got Arsenal finishing third, maybe fourth. But yeah, I think they're, they're going to be comfortable this season. But I don't think they have done particularly as well as the money they've spent is. And just before we move on from Arsenal, I'm I'm really quite intrigued to hear what Squiggy thinks when he said about other teams have improved massively around them. Who are the teams you're talking about? Because certainly for me, Man City haven't massively improved. Man United haven't massively improved. Newcastle haven't massively improved. Liverpool haven't. Who are the teams you're talking about? I think Chelsea. Chelsea have signed some good players. They look decent going forward, and they've got a different manager who I think is a is a winner. He knows how. Maybe not titles. He knows how to win games. He knows how to. He'll get Chelsea back up there. I don't think Tottenham can be as uh, as bad as what they were last season. Again, new manager in there. I don't think that I think Tottenham depends on Harry Kane, but of course, um, you know, they they should be back fighting up there. And for me, obviously, I wanted to wait until we came on to that is Villa. Just before we move off Arsenal completely, Fabrizio Romano has alluded to Arsenal sign another player within the next 48 hours, I believe, from, from as of the recording. David Raya. Yeah, I want to know your guys' thoughts, because obviously they've got Ramsdale in between sticks at the moment. Sure, is he no, he's moving to be jump? number one. Ramsdale is sweating. I mean, the Community Shield, he made a few boo-boos. And at the end of last season, when Arsenal's form dropped off, quite dramatically I know they ended up only five points off Man City for the title but they really faded out as this near the end Ramsdale made a few like ooh that's not ideal and errors like that I think at the end of the day you'll have the shirt until he loses it but it's going to be like look over your shoulder if Raya comes in because you're probably about the same level 
if not Ray is a bit better. It's a bit it's a bit ridiculous. You don't know who your first and second choice is going to be. And obviously you've got like the cup games and Europe and everything like that. But if I was starting goalkeeper for Brentford, you know, who had a decent season last season, I suppose you can't turn down the call of a, a big top four team. But for 40 million to basically sit on the bench and play a few cup games in the hope that, yeah, your goalkeeping partner makes an awful mistake or gets injured that you get in. I just I just see it as a bit stupid. Like, especially when you consider we spent 10 million on Nick Pope. Yeah. And like, it, obviously, Nick, Nick Pope's not as good with his feet as them two keepers are, but Nick Pope is a solid goalkeeper for 10 million. Like, absolutely solid. Oh, no one's ever going to argue that, surely. But it, it gives me Romero vibes. But for us, like, obviously, he's probably arguably the best second goalkeeper that's ever lived. Like, he's just... He done such a good job for us whenever he played, and it's just like I'm looking at Raya and going, "Are you really making that move? Like, how many games are you going to get?" I feel like Ramsdale will get more games than Raya. I don't understand the the move myself, but if it goes through, we still got you know. Isn't isn't the other goalkeeper? Isn't the isn't he the USA number one as well? Matt Turner will be apparently going to Forest. I suppose there's a reason to sign a keeper, but then I don't know. Maybe I maybe I'm still in the era of goalkeeper should be about ten to twenty million, and you're happy with that. Mm-hmm. We're not going into finances again because we're just no. going round in a circle with the money and the sport. Oh. Anyway, let's talk about one of the clubs that you think are going to improve, and I want to hear how high you think they can fly. Aston Villa, go Squiggy. As a caveat, I absolutely despise Aston Villa Football Club, and I don't care if any Villa fans listen to this. Come at me, I don't care. I absolutely despise you as a football club, but I think. Last season, they showed how well they can play. You know, when they got rid of Gerrard, they were down near the bottom and they ended up finishing sixth place, I think, seventh Seventh. seventh place. And they played some very good football. They've got a manager who knows how to win things, obviously, in Europe and on the continent, but not, I suppose, at Arsenal. He didn't do very well. But I think this is his sort of redemption arc, if you want to call it that. They played some good football that you got the best out of Watkins. He made uh, Tyro Mings look like an actual good centre-half. And I just feel that they've signed a couple of good players, especially in Diaby. We'd been linked with him for a while. And he looks a very good player. He's looked very solid in, in pre-season. And I just think, I think if there's any team that's going to upset sort of the top four, even though they upset them last season, it's, it's going to be Villa. Obviously, I know they're playing in Europe, but I just feel like Emery knows how to navigate a European campaign and a league campaign at the same time, as he's done with Villarreal and Sevilla, I think it was. And I just feel that, that Villa will be, um, will be challenging that top four next season. Daniel, top four Aston Villa? No, no, no. <laughs> just no, just for I the mean, record, whether they actually make it in the top four, I think they'll be challenging the teams up there and I think yeah. we'll get a few results. You think they'll improve on seventh? Yeah, I think they'll upset a few of the teams up there across I, I the think, season. I, I think, obviously, they finished seventh last season, so they have got European football this year. They are in the Europa Conference League, which, of course, West Ham won last year. I think the European football for them is going to be a bit of a struggle considering their squad depth. It looks like Coutinho is pretty much done. I expect Unai Emery to do about the same as he did last year, but I think they could probably clinch sixth. I I don't feel for one second they've got a a shot at the Champions League spots. There's too many stronger teams around them. The signings they've made are good for Aston Villa, good for maybe a club like that you would expect in and around the Europa League. Uh, Yuri Telemann's free transfer from Leicester, very good sign-in. Not a guaranteed starter for me. Not a fantastic player, but uh, consistent enough. I think he'll he'll provide something. Pau Torres, obviously Manchester United were linked with him last year. Very good centre-back. I think he'll slot in quite well. And some experience as well. Diaby, there's going to be question marks around him. Their highest ever transfer fee, I think it was around £52 million. 
if he doesn't hit the ground running, then real question marks will be asked. But yeah, no, for me, I've got Villa sitting around sixth, probably fifth would be amazing. But I wouldn't be surprised with seventh or eighth, considering they've got European football this year. I just don't know as they've got the squad depth. Ollie Watkins cannot play every single game. And unfortunately, they're going to need him. They don't have another recognised striker that can do what he he has done last season. I think that's fair. Should we just move on to Bournemouth? Just like before we move on to Bournemouth. Well, actually, it is about Bournemouth. So I've gone, so just to get the Premier League in alphabetical order, I just put Premier League table on Google and it's got Bournemouth top. And they've never been top of the top flight in their history. As there you go. I just wanted, I just wanted to share that. So literally you said, we're going to talk about Arsenal. I was like, but Arsenal are second in this table, Laura. What are you doing? Yeah, no, because you heard it here first. Bournemouth are going to win the Premier League, according to yeah. Swiggy. Yeah. And Google, also, no, I, no, according to Google. And how the alphabet works on Google is wild. Yeah. Which Absolutely worrying. wild, but yeah, Bournemouth squeaking in. So I'm going to assume you're oh, not. I know why. I know top. why Bournemouth are top. AFC Bournemouth. Oh, okay. We're not. We're not doing that. We've ruined that now, anyway. Yeah, we're not doing that. But squeaky, no. where are Bournemouth coming? Relegation contenders, mid-table solid. Where Where are you feeling? Uh, I just think they're going to be there. Basically, I don't think they're going to. I think they'll probably get a couple of like shock results against some of the. The bigger teams, but and they'll probably beat the teams below them. But I don't think they're going to be. They're not going to tear up any trees. I don't think they're going to get relegated. They'll probably finish about thirteenth or fourteenth, and that'll be a good season for them. Daniel, do you concur with this? Because I, I don't know what no, to make. That's, no, that's make absolutely it. ludicrous. If if anyone believes that Bournemouth are getting more than ten wins next season, then contact me. They got eleven last season. If that helps, they did. They're not getting that this season. <laughs> Get uh, catch me on Twitter. Lau will do something with the. I'll write him. I'll get the clip. I'll bring it back when they reach ten wins. I will yeah, clip no. it yeah, and no. at the Bournemouth community. Yeah, no, we'll do it. Like so, Lau, do do the uh, details on the Twittergram and Twittergram. We'll, we'll get... So, do you think Bournemouth are going to be in trouble? Absolutely. These are my first contenders for relegation this season. Really? Yeah, very uninspiring window. So very much. Right, I've, so, I've been more inspired the Bournemouth window than some other teams. So I'm okay. really interested to hear your thoughts on this. Well, no, fresh back into Premier League last season, right? Obviously, they, the season before they were in Championship, they they got promoted. They come up into Premier League. They had the second worst goal difference in the league last season. Okay. I mean, Liverpool Liverpool did that in one game. Despite they still had <laughs> the second worst goal difference in the season. So you would look at that and go, right? Are we scoring loads of goals? Mm. No, not particularly. Facts, yeah, really fucking bad actually. Maybe second or third worst, fourth, 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 fourth worst goal, fourth worst goal scoring, second worst goals against. Like, what are you doing? So, as a result, they've gone out and spent a fair bit of money for a very respectable amount of money and nothing to, yeah, a respectable amount of money for a bang average team. Uh, Hammer Traore from Susulo, I think they spent about 20 million. Yeah, about a 20 million pound deal turning his loan. Yeah, bought a young left back from Alkmaar. Kirkes, yeah, they, sorry, bought Kirkes, I think 15 million ish, something like 14 that. 14 million, roughly. Okay. Probably, and then, like I say, it probably might be 15 million package overall, just I'm looking at the numbers here. So they spent about the same on a right winger from Lyon, a French guy, and then loaned him straight back. And I'm thinking. Do you know what? You're probably not going to be doing that well next season. Why are you spending that money to loan straight back? It doesn't make any sense to me. So maybe they really want him in the championship. I don't know. But Bournemouth next season are going to struggle. They're going to be sitting around 17th, 18th, 19th. 
I don't think they're flat bottom. That place is reserved for a team we're going to talk about in the next episode. But Bournemouth are going to really, really struggle. And they bought Justin Cliver, who has never done anything apart He's from... He's had a lot of clubs, thing. given his age, which is a bit of a red flag. You know when people say red flags when people like dating Absolutely, and on apps? Yeah. He's like the footballer transfer red flag just by the amount of teams he's gone through by his age. Because you're like, oh, why have you moved so many times? He's been, on, you... he's been on loan mainly at clubs, but, he's, get not that, really but done, he's not done anything at those clubs to warrant... Establishing uh, himself anywhere. Yeah. And you're like, why you is this? that many people swiping right on Justin Clivert? <laughs> Fulham tried to swipe on him last season, but we couldn't get a work permit, so... I don't want to... Dad's better than their sons. This is one of them. Obviously, Justin Clivert, he's a nothing player. He's not going to do anything. He's gonna I'm really hoping some of this backfires because this is going to be some great social media content for Bournemouth <laughs> it's not going to backfire January. Bournemouth we, unfortunately we're not going to talk about you next season because we only cover the Premier League moving on just for the record I think Bournemouth will do solid I think they'll probably finish around 15th again so you know what Bournemouth I've got your backs unless it comes at the expense solid. of my team and I will hopefully root against you solid oh, at yeah. 15th you heard it here solid at 15th I mean solid you know for, for some clubs 15th is like winning the league for them because they don't get relegated yeah I, I, I don't think there's any disrespect in that sometimes you know I'm just saying anyway we're going to move on to Brentford obviously they are missing Ivan Tony for a large part of the season Squiggy, how do you feel about Brentford? They finished ninth last season. Is it same again or is it progress or should they be maybe a little bit more fearful of a lower? I don't know. I don't know about Brentford because I kind of thought they would probably struggle last season because I think Tony missed a few games from like suspension and injury and they did they did okay without him. Whether they can cope for like the first half of the season without him, I'm not too sure. I don't think they'll get relegated. I just don't think they'll probably be as good as they were last season. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not really sure on Brentford because I don't think they've really done much business from what I remember rightly. On Nathan Collins. So they've not really done much business. Um, and they didn't really have. I don't think they really had like a good. If you would class players as like quality players, you would sign for your club. I don't think they've got many players there, but they played well as a team. But they always had Tony to kind of like pull them through as well. So I'll be interested in how the go but i'm not i don't really know with brentford to be honest i just don't think they'll, they'll do anything again i just think they'll just be a bit like bournemouth and they'll be there i don't want to echo squiggy there but I, I don't think that we can really determine where brentford will be until january i think for the first few months of the season we're going to have to write brentford off as just an unknown it should be around mid-january that ivan tony is back that is uh, correct interesting enough Again, if my calculation is correct, his first game back should be against Spurs. Now, Spurs have been heavily linked with Ivan Tony over the last couple of months, given the, it looks like uh, the impending sale of Kane is happening. It looks like Kane is going to be moving on this summer. I'm not that confident, but... No, (laughs) it's one of those. Does he go this summer for some money or does he go next summer for free? Who knows what Daniel Levy is doing? If he does go, I do feel that Ivan Tony is going to be one of the main talisman that Spurs are looking at. Could we see Ivan Tony make that move in January and his first game back in professional football where his band's over, he's facing his old club? What a story that would be. For me, I can't really call on Brentford. Their season starts in January. Let's see what Ivan Tony is doing up until then and then we'll go from there. That's how I see it. I mean, I f- I feel like it's fair not to write him off, but I will point out. I think um, is it Mbemo? Is that how you say his yeah. name? 
yeah. Brian. Yeah. I do think he started to show that he can be relied upon, and I'm expecting him to have a big season. So I I don't know, but maybe by January they'll be like, who's Ivan? Oh no, absolutely, yeah. Because obviously Brentford, um, he didn't. Uh, sorry, Tony, he didn't play the last three games of the season. They won two of those, so he just yeah. really st- he's young. He's stepping up. He seems to be getting better and better. And you know what I mean? When some so- sometimes you need someone to move out the way to shine. Because that is the argument we could talk about other teams when they lose star players. Like, you know, if someone else steps up and sees an opportunity, I think maybe at Brentford that will be what happens. But anyway, Brighton, they they finished sixth last season. They are spending big in the window. They also are trying to hold on to key players and bat away big bids as it stands for like, we think in six, we think in better than six, Squiggy? No, I I think they'll be... Again, battling for European places. I don't think... I think the players they've signed are some good players. Like, there's some experience in there with what they've signed. And I think it'll it'll probably improve them a little bit. Obviously, they might lose a couple of the key players, but the way Brighton have been recently, the, the sign basically players you've never, you've never ever heard of in your life, unless you're like a proper, proper football nerd. And they just come in and just, they just do well. They just play good football. I think what, what will be interesting this season is if other opposition teams kind of work out the way Brighton play. So obviously Brighton's way is to to invite pressure on their back four and their keeper and then sort of play through your press. And I think a lot of teams will kind of work that one out over the summer. And it'll be interesting to see how how they go about that and if they've got sort of a, a plan B. But I think they'll be fighting for, for the top six for European places again. I think they'll have a good season. Even even if they lose sort of Caicedo and Estupinian, whatever you call them. Yeah. Yeah. Him and, him and Caicedo, if they lose them too, I still think they'll be fine with some of the players they've brought in. Yeah, I think they'll be all right. They've got a good manager. Again, like I said, the only thing I can think of is, is if teams work out how to sort of break through the press, whether it's even they just sit back and let Brighton play the ball around and hit them on the break sort of thing. I think there's a few ways you can probably beat Brighton's tactics and whether they've got a plan b for that daniel you as optimistic about brighton maintaining if not improving i think i'm a little bit more optimistic actually oh god are you about to call them title contenders after this you're, you're, you're tipping brighton oh, to be the, uh, no. the aston villa aren't you for me no 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 just in my opinion I, I think they could be one of the most exciting teams to watch this season the only real question for me that looms over brighton is the loss of sanchez Obviously, in between the sticks, he's moved over to Chelsea now. Looking he wasn't, at the... he wasn't playing though, was he? They had, yeah, he got uh, dropped. Jason, Jason Steele was the number one keeper towards the end of last season. Towards the end, but you look and at they Jason just signed Steele. the new keeper, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Bart. That that's Bart. it. Bart Verbruggen. Yeah, if the anyone, man. if anyone's played FIFA, you've looked at this guy. Surely this is how we do it. We Google FIFA, whatever the number is, one of the kids, and this was one of the goalkeepers that comes up. If he can cement a place and do quite well i i don't understand the caicedo movement at the moment i don't think he's amazing as everyone's billing him to be mitoma for me is one of the most exciting players i've seen in the league in the last couple of years they've got enough of a squad to really impress it's just about it all pulling together again absolutely love schwa pedro i think he could be really really good i think he just needs the right environment deserve could be the the coach to get it out of him to get get him to the 20 goals season maybe 15 to 20 goals season Danny Welbeck's aging and CISO very good hand as well I just I think there's a few things that need to click together but if they do click together I wouldn't be shocked to see Brighton push on a little bit better and clinch fifth this this coming season I think that's fair especially when you say you've got people like Evan Ferguson or 18 
he's going to be exciting to see first. He'll, he'll, be, he'll be gone by the he'll be gone by the end of this upcoming season. So yeah, he'll score twenty. <laughs> somehow get twenty goals this season, and then he'll be a hundred million pound bid from insert team name here. But Chelsea, I think the uh, Chelsea. I think the only real question mark <laughs> is over. Obviously, Brighton have pinned a lot on Caicedo. If he goes, there's a few, in my opinion, shitters being linked that aren't really going to do the job for them. Uh, Conor Gallagher, £40 million, has been linked. Don't rate him at all. Don't see that working. Scotty McTonamy, I don't think United are going to let him go just yet. So, that again, about a £40 million bid has been rumoured. I can't see that happening. If Kaisido goes, I feel that could take a little bit of the heart out of Brighton. But they wouldn't be dead. So we'll just have to see how it goes. Speaking of seeing how it goes, let's talk about one of the new boys who have obviously been in the Premier League not that long ago, but they feel like a fresh team because they've completely changed their identity by having Vincent Company in charge. Burnley, are we thinking good times at Turf Moor? Happy place, Turf Moor? Daniel, do you want to kick this one off? You didn't just say happy place, Turf Moor, did you? Yes, I did. Okay. Oh, well, I can't like this bit of an unknown. And to me, I, d- I don't know much about Burnley. I I've not watched much of what Vincent Company has done. I've I've heard things. Obviously, they had a fantastic season last season. How it could transfer into the Premier League because we've seen possession based mass- side come up before. We well, we've seen we've seen Championship teams smash it down there, but then they come up to the Premier League and don't really do a lot. So where are Burnley going to be next season? I I just thought anything around mid-table would be a huge deal, I'm sure. I think survival is the key. I think anything surviving is basically... I I know championship teams come up with a lot of ambitions and you want to be like, we're not just here to survive, which is what some of the teams said who come up last season, you know, when they got proven right. But it's a case of, at the end of the day, if you survive that success on the first season and then you build. So I mean, I get that, yeah. Yeah, but I was going to say, Burnley went from the lowest average Premier League position in the 21-22 season, but in the Championship, they were the team with the highest amount of possession in 65, just, you know, to change the dynamics of how they were playing. But, Quiggy, any thoughts on Burnley? I hope you're ready for this. If you want to say they're going to get relegated, I swear. Burnley are going to survive. Just Ooh. company Ooh. is going to be sacked. Oh, oh! He's I just had a five-year. Well. He's just, he's just had a five-year deal, guys. What does that matter? What I know, that, but I just like saying that? it. I like but, it so, ba- so basically, you know, I'm not, I'm not throwing shade at company. He's a, he's a top-class professional footballer. I don't think he, and I know, I know, managers have got to sort of get experience somewhere. But I feel that I'm not going to say he had it easy in the championship. But let's be honest, it wasn't difficult for him in the championship, was it? Let's you want to see him tested a bit more. And but so yeah, and and I but I think the problem is is that won the championship by playing possession based football, the style of football that the top teams in the Premier League play, you know, like like Arsenal, Man City, the the kind of football they play. And I think company will come in with the fact we're gonna play we're gonna play our way, we're gonna try and play possession based football, and better teams are gonna pick them off. Like you saw the they tried it against Man City in the FA Cup and Man City just just waited and waited and just picked them off when they had to. And and I think that's how it's going to go for much of the season. And I think probably around about February time, I think they're going to be in the bottom three. And you know, people are going to say, "Oh, they're playing, they're playing good football, good football, like possession based football." But they're not finding the end result. And I think that's when company will get sacked. And I think they'll stay up because they'll get a manager in. Not like I'm not going to say another Sean. Hit, you know, hit but, the big but, Sam but a, button. But a, man, a manager like that who 
you know, it's not about how you play, it's about getting results. And I think that's where Burnley will struggle this season because they'll want to play the way that they've played in the championship. And I think the fans will want that as well because, you know, they came up the Premier League, they got relegated playing some pretty rubbish football and they've seen them play good football in the championship. And I think they've come back up and they'll be going, yeah, we want to see this kind of football again. And I just don't think it will work. I don't think they've got good enough players to play that kind of football in, in the Premier League with the pace of the Premier League, with the players you're coming up against, with the the high presses of a lot of the Premier League teams. Do they still have Jay Rodriguez? Yep. <laughs> He's still there. Enough said. And uh, obviously your your best mate, Veghorst, is there as well. Love him. Did you see uh, his reception back? Yep. Yeah, he went wow. for them again. He got booed. Yeah, no, I can't see that happening. Yeah, teams associated with being booed. Let's talk about Chelsea next, shall we? <laughs> Let me take it. Daniel, go with it. 12th place oh. Chelsea. Better okay. or worse? Well, some Chelsea fans, to be fair, some Chelsea fans may think it couldn't get worse than it did last year, right? right. I kind of feel that it's time to look away because... Oh, oh no. They're getting relegated instead of Burnley. <laughs> I'm not, not relegated, but I wouldn't be at all surprised if Chelsea finished lower than 12th next season. So they, they've obviously got Pochettino in. I think Squiggy called him a winner earlier. Damn. I did, and I called him a winner, and then I said... Not a winner of trophies, but a winner of football matches, to correct myself. Winning football matches leads to trophies, right? <laughs> so anyway, moving on. Well, me, not, if you, not if you don't win enough. They, right. <laughs> they've had an absolute disaster summer. Again, I've said it earlier, I'll say it again. Square pegs, round holes. They've spent so much money, weirdly getting back more than they've spent, thanks to Arsenal. But they've signed Nkuku from Leipzig. Have they learnt nothing? So, Timo Werner, big-ish money at the time, didn't do anything for them. We signed Jadon Sancho from the Bundesliga, hasn't done anything, big money. These players coming over from the Bundesliga to the Premier League, they haven't really done much in the last couple of seasons. Why are you going on FIFA, looking at who the highest-rated wonder kid is, and buying him for silly money? I don't really understand it. They've done the exact same thing with the Sassy, done the same thing with Nicholas Jackson. I'm not convinced on his playing style. I don't think it suits them. And then they signed a couple of other randoms. Chelsea have learnt nothing. Roman Bramovich, he had a vision and created a spine of Chelsea with the John Terry, the Frank Lampard, the Drogba, sorry, the Pat Checking goal as well. Chelsea had an identity. Chelsea are just so nameless, faceless. They've got no identity. They don't have any goals because the only strikers they've got are... Nicholas Jackson now, because Aubameyang's gone, Lukaku's going. They don't have any strikers. They've got a crap midfield. They've got Enzo, who runs and runs and runs. We've got Fred. I don't get Chelsea. The best player is Thiago Silva, and he's 58 years old. Stop rounding up his age. Okay. At least rounded up to 60. Come on. He's, 50, he's 57 and a half years old. Chelsea this season are going to struggle because they're going to get up against teams that are either fighters, that are fighting to stay in the league, they're going up against teams that are triers. They're trying to get Champions League football in the Aston Villas, the Brightons, the Liverpool. Yeah, I said it. Or they're going up against teams who realise that they are not going to get Champions League, Europa League. Then And they're fighting against relegation to a sense that they're going to do enough to not get relegated by signing younger players or players that are actually proven they really want it, that they're going to fight hard. Chelsea have just sat there, coasted by and gone, well, we're Chelsea. We've won the Champions League a couple of times. We've got all this money. Come come play for us. 
Chelsea are just an absolute shithouse team. I pray they get relegated. I don't think they will. I'm hoping for 13th or 14th. And then let's see next season if Todd Bowley suddenly goes, well, actually, this is where we need to go from now because what I'm doing doesn't work. Squiggy, are you more positive about Chelsea? Because Daniel is painting a very bleak picture. I mean, it's I, a it's I am more positive. So I don't disagree with Daniel on some of the signings, but I also think that you've got to give them a chance as well. Like I know, obviously, for, like you said, with Werner and whether he got, I mean, I say he got a chance. He had Lampard as a manager for most of it. So that's all you need to say about him. But I, I, I still think that the players that were signed in January, Lorenzo, uh, Mudrick and players like that, I think they'll come good this year. I think Kukurel will come good at left back after obviously being ill at the start of last season. And I think and I think with with Pochettino in, I think you'll get the best out of some of those players that maybe Lampard and Potter and Tuchel couldn't get the best out of. I think Sterling will play in his more favourite position on one of the wings and not through the middle. And from what I saw of Jackson in, in pre-season, because they were playing in the same pre-season tournament as Newcastle, he looks like he's going to be a... He's, he's quick. He looks like he'll be a handful for some defenders. But again... Is he the finished article? Probably not, but I still think it'll cause him a few problems. And the mid the midfield for me is probably the more worrying thing apart from Enzo. Because I don't think they've really got a, a set midfield if you look at the if you look at the squad. I think that's probably the, the, the biggest gap they've got. But I think they'll be all right. I I think they'll be top top six, challenging for top six, maybe top four, depending on how they start of the season. Who's getting that? Who 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 is spearheading that? You just said I, they, don't, they don't have a midfield. Do they have a defence? Cucurella, I agree with you. Cucurella could come good. He'll probably do a job for them. Mudrick, no. No. I think Mud- if, if Rhys Mud- James stays fair right back, you've got a good attacking outlet down the right-hand side as well. I agree and with I think that. We'll use, and I think James. we'll use that a bit more. I think maybe you might... I don't, well, I don't know who would actually play as a three-centre-house, but I think you might push Rhys James a bit further forward, give him more freedom to attack. And that'll probably create more chances for Jackson, who looks like a striker who'll kind of just play on the on the shoulder of the last defender. And with the ball sort of being whipped across the face of goal, I think that's where he's going to be. I'm not going to say like he's going to be a, a poacher in the box, but I think that's where he'll get quite a few of his goals. Would you agree the league has got harder? Yeah, I think the league. I think the league's got harder. I think there's teams the likes of us, Brighton, Villa, who are kind of pushing other teams so but, where where in your rationale do you think that chelsea could get top four because i was about to come to the, i was about to come to this part because other yeah. teams have got european football and chelsea don't you saw that, that help that helped newcastle last year get top four because they didn't have to go to like barcelona and then play a cup game and then you know go to barcelona again play a league no, game yeah we saw and it I think, a few years ago and i think that'll probably help them a bit more. I think that's why they'll probably go a little bit further up the league. But then I think the season after, if they're back in European football, I think that's when they'll struggle. But that's that's for another year's time. Oh, catch you next August. How do we feel about Crystal Palace? They finished 11th. Roy's staying. Good old Roy. I love Roy. I want him to be my granddad. Right, I'm going to start with Squiggy, why Daniel gets through them issues. Squiggy, Crystal Palace relegation contenders so this, this about, is weird are you going to because... say about the same again no so I think I remember this time last year I predicted did I predict they get relegated or was it the first you season in the Vieira you've definitely kept saying you did the first season go down and then you said no Vieira's come good they're going to do well and yeah, to be and fair, then so whatever badly. you say yeah. goes, do, it doesn't, it just, it do doesn't really matter what I say right now but honestly I, 
I think they're going to struggle this year. So they're going to win do. the league or something. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. Put, your, the league. put your money on to win the league. I just don't, I don't think their squad was that good last year. And I think they got carried through a few performances from Zahar. And when Zahar wasn't there, you had Eze. But I think the way with Palace, a lot of teams basically focused on Zahar to stop him. And that's where Palace probably got some results from, from like not through Zahar, if that makes sense. But I think now that he's gone, I don't think there's really that much of a threat in that team. I look at the squad and I don't really see, you know, a player that's going to drag them through games. You know, Jordan Ayew's not. He's not, a, he's not a quality player. No offense to him. You know, you've he's got... A, you've he's got a solid Mike, hand. You've, you've got yeah. him in your squad, but you're not going, oh yeah. my God, I fear yeah. playing. And obviously like Olise and Eze are probably the two star players, but, you know, them two both might be leaving, to be fair, from what I've heard and what I've There's, seen. They've been linked in reports and Elite has a and clause, just, doesn't he? Yeah, and I just, I don't know. I think I think it's going to be a struggle for them with the squad they've got. Daniel? Uh, no, I agree with that. I think, obviously, um, it's, it's Zahar, I, although I don't particularly rate him, he was their second, joint second top scorer last season. It, it's a massive loss. He's obviously moved on to Galatasaray. It looks like Olise could be on his way to Chelsea as well. Eze has been linked with a few clubs this summer. Uh, Liverpool, Tottenham, I think Newcastle as well, and a Anyone with big deep pockets because he's a real talent and it's going to cost a bit. PSG, yeah, that's the one. Thank you for that. Yep, big, big deep, deep pockets, pockets. big yeah. deep pockets, aka PSG Ars- was the other club Arsenal. I had. Hundred million. They do like to spend hundred million. On- oh, no, I'll ignore Focus that one. Daniel. No. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, I think Crystal Palace are going to be in from relegation fight this season. I don't think Roy's got enough and. I wouldn't be surprised at the end of the season if Grandad um, retires because I do think Crystal Palace are probably going to get relegated. I'm going to be yeah. so bold and say that I kind of wish he'd retired last season, even though I love him. So he went out on a guaranteed high. Oh, your lawyers love him. He's got. He's no. Got I advice. I get that, but that's what I'm saying. I w- I wanted him to go off into the sunset at a nice. It felt like really nice the way he sort of say sort of steered the ship, got some big wins. They suddenly became a really good goal-scoring team out of nowhere under Roy, you know, Roy Ball. Yeah. But it's kind of like now, like, it's hard not to agree with both of you because it's like, where do you see the positives in Palace? It's I like don't. if you it feel like they've had a few body blows this summer and then potentially, you know, the the worst ones are still to come. And But yeah, That's there's cool. it's it's that question mark, isn't it, with Palace and... It'd be interesting. I honestly think we're, gonna, we're all sort of going with maybe relegation contenders after finishing 11th. Yeah, I think so. Should we move on to someone who was definitely a relegation contender and someone who really left it to the last minute to guarantee that we'll be talking about them this season? Let's talk about Everton, guys. So, Squeegee, do you think it's all going to look rosy up there now? Uh, or down there, depending on your perspective of where you're looking at Everton? I mean, it's, it's, they're going to be down there. I, I think... I can't decide whether they're going to be relegated or they're going to do another last day survival. I'm sort of chopping and, and to be honest, by the, exactly optimistic either way. No, is it? By the end, that's the thing. By the end of this podcast, I'll have to decide to give you my prediction for relegation, and I'm I'm chopping between these Sorry, and a few other teams. Episode two, don't worry. I don't think the squad's obviously any better than last season, and it's not because they've signed no one apart from Dan Juma. But they they're going to be F. losing. Young. God, I forgot about. That. So yeah, anyway, the squad's no better from last year. I think I think again, the survival will depend on Calvert Lewin if he stays fit. Which and I don't think he will. I've seen him linked to an exit well, at one point earlier in the yeah, summer. Yeah, he's been he's like, been linked with a few teams as well, and I, I don't understand it because he's been obviously injured. But I just don't I don't see goals in that team, and I don't see a, a solid defense either. Like Tarkovsky is obviously there, but you know he's getting on. Keane, Holgate again, they're not 
they're not the best defenders. I don't think Coleman's probably passed the sell by date now at right back. They didn't exercise Colonel Cody's buy option. So. Yeah, which I, which I thought was quite weird because he was probably their best defender out and of all it, of them. Well, he sort of lost his place and got it bad, but it's also character with him, isn't it? He's the type of player you feel like when you're in the trenches. Yeah. Connor Cody um, will rally you up, rally you. And also, yeah. it's only 4.5 million reportedly, which, if once again, I know we wouldn't talk about values, 4.5 million will get you nowhere in this game. Yeah, I just, I just think it'll be a struggle. I, I, I'm going to lean with them going down this year. I think it's probably, like, in a way, I think it's probably good for them as well because it'll get rid of a lot of the, the dead wood at the club and they'll be able to sort of rebuild from there. It's but always I, awkward to say good because you're always like, it's always still a risk when you get ready. Because people are like, look at how many teams rebounded, but sometimes it's like so much trouble and so much money. Pro- you know what I mean? Yeah. Especially with them moving into a new stadium. Is it 2025? Their new 700 odd million stadium. Yeah. So it's kind of like you have a time frame working. Like, I think relegation, I, I get what you're saying when you say it'd be good for them, but also at the same time, there it's is a good, chance you've got to open the door. It's that good, it's but it's not. never good. Yeah. yeah, but it's also, it could be a huge gamble and it could be what, you know what I mean? Crush it. You've yeah. got, it's, it's such a financial game and stuff and like I just, that. And I just I, don't think. So another thing, I don't think the fans. So say they're playing, they're playing dice ball, which they probably will, because it's the only way Sean Dice knows I mean, how you've to. You've got to get a, a tune out a team without a guaranteed goal scorer, like you said. It yeah, and then was... and then does it does it get to the point where you know they're playing football and then the fans start to turn a little bit because they're not picking up results and they're playing rubbish football. I mean, you saw you saw the Everton fans last season chasing Anthony Gordon down, and it's it's just things like that. I think that the crowd play a big part at Goodison think... Park. I think and I th- and the I frustration think the past... about how their club rut comes out comes out in the wrong way sometimes, or comes out a little bit yeah. visually that it looks worse than it is, which I understand because it's their club. You know what I mean? You get this. You've been a Newcastle fan and had to suffer under Mike Ashley. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, so but you I think can get that... how it can come out in wrong ways, especially certain people and certain yeah. And I, but I think, again, like the season Newcastle got relegated the first time, the crowd was sort of against everything. And you could you could sense that in the ground, and, and it I think didn't help if, the team. yeah, and I think that's the way it might go this year. If, if they're not playing good football, if they're not getting the results, the Everton fans will start to turn, and I don't think it'll be it'll be pretty. But again, it shows how how powerful a fan base can be. That it probably got them over the line the past two seasons, got them to stay I mean, up. This is turning into a very like hypothetical debate here, but you understand why the fan base when you're like, oh, if you just get behind them, you know, it really makes a difference, and it does. I agree with you, but then at the same time, you're like, you see your club being ripped apart and lose its soul. Like, what do you do? You know what I mean? You can't not yeah. be if you don't show any anger. You just continue to see your club be. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And you know what I mean? It's like and, yeah. a very, it's a very fine balance between. Look, I want to vent my frustration, but also I want to support the team. Yeah, and that's also... what it kind of got with. That's what it was with Newcastle. The next time they went down, it became like support the team, not the regime, sort of thing. Yeah, so you which were, you is really hard to get team. your message across because you're like working against. Yeah, got... but to summarise, I think Everton will go down. I think they've survived just the past two years. Haven't really improved their squad. I think they'll be down. Daniel, any thoughts on Everton? Are you thinking doomed as well? Are they one of your to go down tips? No, weirdly, I don't have them as a ready to go down yet. I just, for some reason, there's a little. There's a little thing in the back of my mind that thinks that Everton might just be all right this season. I've got them finishing around 13th to 15th. I think they're going to survive relegation. They've signed a few players this season. Obviously, 
They've got Dan Juma in and Ashley Young, who have both got Premier League experience. They're getting a few players back from their loan spells. I don't know whether they've moved on since. I don't think they have, but um, in the likes of Jared Braithwaite and Deli Ali, just touching on Deli Ali, like a personal subject. Obviously, he done that tell-all interview, and it seemed that he's in a really good place at the moment. And we've all seen what Deli Ali can do. If now he's got that off his shoulders, he feels that he can go on and continue and play football. We might catch a little glimpse of the Deli Alley that we all kind of fell in love with when he broke out for Spurs. Still feels like it's going to be a while, seeing as Sean Dice commented that he's way off being ready to even be considered. I just don't know. I feel like it's one of those, I, if, if he's ready and he's called upon, it could be one of those overnight things. Yeah, because he said he's still miles away from being reintegrated into the first team squad. We need patience. You got asked about him recently. Absolutely, and patience is so, something that should definitely be given. It but, could even feel like, this is going to sound really cliche. It could even be one of those things that you know when you, someone comes in January and they're like, it feels like yeah, 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 yeah. No, I literally just thought the exact same thing yeah. when you're saying cliche. that. It's the cliche. Let's let's go with that. Come January, if he feels, and it should be when he feels, if he feels that he's ready to come back and play football, and he can hit that, because I don't feel he's going to come back and 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 play especially with this media circus that's been surrounding him. I don't feel he'll come back and play until he is actually ready. Now he's said what he said. I'm I'm not expecting another Messi. I'm just talking about like someone that's going to chip in and we, you know, turn our football heads around and go, oh shit, he's back. So for me, that could be a new signing. I think I may be putting a lot of my hopes on Deli Ali this season, weirdly. I think Everton could probably get back to around 13th to 15th. There's also quite a lot on Jared Braithwaite as well. He had, he was hugely speculated that he could be a really good defender. And hopefully his loan away has proved that he can do a job. And if he comes back, he'll be able to do it. I don't want to see Everton relegated either. Is that because you see them as part of the furniture? It's like a sentimental thing. That's exactly why I don't want to see them relegated. Yes, I want to see them relegated. I want to see Newcastle relegated. Shut up! Yeah, fight you! Wow, wow! Nice. And now we move on on to Twitter, bro. Now we're going to move. For the record, I don't want to see Newcastle relegated. I love them. They're my second team. Yeah, they get him tune polls on Twitter. Big fans. We're going to move on to the final team we're covering in this part of the preview, and obviously, it's the oldest club in London. Suck it, Crystal Palace. It's Fulham. Squiggy, you've already vented to me off air about your views, so I'm going to go to you now and rip off that bandage. So, the season of Fulham, how do you feel it's going to go at this point when we're looking at it with time uh, to go to the transfer window closes? and I don't think Fulham have had a very good transfer window, and I think they still could lose a couple of players. I know that Mitrovic is hanging on by a thread. Willian, I don't know what's going on with that. And obviously, your manager turned down a trip to... The Saudi League. I think it's oh. more than a trip. <laughs> more than a trip, yeah. But trip. I just I just feel that, I don't know, I, I don't think Fulham will do very well next year. They're not going to get relegated, but I don't think they're going to do very well. And I think... You're not again, matching the 10th, basically. No, Is... no I, I think you'll struggle a little bit more. I don't think you'll pick up as many wins as last season. And I think your performances will probably drop a little bit. But, but again, a lot of it also depends on, does Williams stay? Does Mitrovic stay? 
And if they both go, do you replace them and who with? Because you don't what seem... What time frame what... do you have to replace them is big, if you replace them. Well, You're yeah, assuming there might be replacements. Because you don't seem them. to be signing anyone. We've signed Raul Jimenez and Bassi. How about Raul Jimenez? Actually, that's how, see how highly I rate him. Yeah. Scorer, I mean... scorer of many goals for Wolves last season. All right. We know he could turn back the clock, you know, run it back, get him back to when he smashed 44 goals, you know. Wolves in the I mean, first two seasons, not the three that he managed recently. Well, I just, I just think it'll be a struggle, and I think if you do lose those couple of players, I think it'll be a, a bigger struggle. I don't, I don't have you going down because I think you've got enough in that squad to stay up. But I it's just not enough to push on, or do it's anything. not. It's, yeah, you're not, you're not, you haven't pushed on from last season, like signing wise, and obviously with the prospect of losing a couple of players, I think you've got a good enough manager and a good enough squad to to not be in any danger. Daniel, are we in danger? I don't know. I just, I've got. A feeling this season that Fulham could be our vibes FC. Oh no, we're more fumes FC. Okay, we've got a very small squad, no, and they're dropping yeah. like flies. If they're not being stolen by the Saudi league, they're getting injured. I don't know. I just I feel like another striker is needed. Mitrovic, if is that, he goes, oh, if Mitro goes right. Yeah, if Metro goes, another strike is needed. Absolutely. I think they've brought Raul Jimenez in to perform a backup role. I don't think he's going to be his starting striker. If he does, then it's going to be a very different conversation on the next episode of Football Beef or uh, the Premier League Roundup. I like him, but he's never been the same since his injury. So, Silver's here uh, to fix him. Alvin Batty, again... It's a nice signing. I don't think it's particularly exciting. He could do some bits. I just feel that if that Tony Khan puts his hand in his pocket, signs Fred, that might be a big difference for you guys. I feel that Fred is perfectly suited for them. I want to see it happen. I'll be sad to see him go, but I do really like him. And if William goes, you're going to have to fill that left left hand slot. We're already a winger down. We need two wingers already if there'll be three wingers. Yeah, team that uh, plays with wingers, by the way, wing play team. What you're up? getting a couple of players back as well. I don't, I don't know how highly, as as a Fulham fan, you'll obviously see players differently to me. But I quite like Mbabu. I think as a right back, <laughs> he's really good. I do. I like him. <laughs> it's just funny because you probably named the the only player that I would say collectively Fulham fans are like, oh, Mbabu. Well, I, it says a lot about Fulham like... fans and their football knowledge, doesn't it? Quality player, Kevin. Right. Exactly. How many games did he play for Newcastle Screen before you got rid? He was absolutely outstanding at right in back against Chelsea. In that one game against Chelsea. Absolutely <laughs> outstanding. Absolutely legendary game. Everyone talks about that game for Newcastle. But continue, Daniel. I'm, no, I'm, I'm, well, that's why Squiggy hates Fulham, because obviously Mitrovic as well. I just, we just want to be Newcastle. We just want those vibes. I think Fulham could be vibes. I don't know. I liked them last season. They were fun to watch. I don't I don't like Mitrovic as a player, as a person. I just don't like him. I just don't I like I like him as a person. I, as a player. You like Almiron as well though. Pretty so. awkward time. I think Almiron's a great guy. I can't even defend Mitrovic the because I like with Mitrovic the stories and the way it's come out, it's kinda like I did love him, then I, I didn't like him, then I loved him, and now I might have to love him. I'm, I'm just very conflicted. He's done good by us at times and now he's done bad by <laughs> just what I would say, though, a lot of the loans and kind of backup players that you had have moved on this this uh, this summer. So Kazer was obviously gone back to PSG. Suarez has gone back to Arsenal. 
Uh, Solomon. All, Shane Delphi left, and then obviously oh, no, all yeah. didn't sign. Shane Duffy obviously gone to Norwich. Joe Bryan, uh, left back, has gone over to Millwall. Yeah. I mean, we loaned him out all last season, so I, exactly. It was that. We've already mourned that. Yeah, so I mean, it's one of those that uh, there there should be a bit of a wage bill built back up from that. I would hope that I think Tony Khan's got his mind on other things at the moment. Specifically, I don't know. Wembley. We... We seem to be inquiring a lot. Not, not for players. Fulham to go to Wembley. Just for no, no, not for Daniel. Fulham, though. No, uh, no, no. But that's what but, I'm saying. So turn those inquiries into transactions. Let's get some players in and push on to ninth, eighth, ninth. If I'm going to be honest. Europa, amazing. This feels very optimistic. Even Squeeze negative comments are more positive than I am. But we did discuss this and I will say... I do feel like, obviously, we're one of the teams should be, like, outsiders for relegation as it stands, because I feel like there are teams, you know, with more troubles or less quality in their squad. But at the same time, it does feel like we're in that bandwagon of teams that have had a terrible summer and just can't seem to get the players they want or get the depth they want. So it's going to be a case of who can make their squad, stretch it out, protect their squad from injuries. I Man, think your manager, uh, goddammit. I think you're... Yeah. Which you're fun. lucky. You had a good season last year, so you've come off the back of a, of a, you know, what was probably a successful season. You would say for Fulham, based on what oh, people would be expected. Season relegation. So you know, you've got like the, posit- the positivity is around there because of that, and I think that'll that probably stands you in good stead against like other teams who are sort of you know like Palace that we've talked about and Everton, unless you're Daniel. I mean, um, unless you bring up second season syndrome, which is what everyone always fears, isn't it? Yeah, once, you get, once, you, once you survive the first season, then it's all become about second season syndrome. There's probably going to be a name for third season syndrome soon. It is. It is always weird that, but I, I, I think you'll be okay. You as but, long as as long as you accept that you're probably not going to be as good as you were last year. Because at one point you were you were challenging for European Europe. places as well. Yeah. Well, we and finished above f- Chelsea. If we could do, to be fair, based on what you both said, I still think that's a possibility, even if we are in the relegation battle. Well, finishing above Chelsea. Yeah. <laughs> you're finishing above Chelsea, so it but, still might work out. Fulham have a better squad than Chelsea. They just do. I don't like these comments. This is this is giving me a anyway. Sense anyway, move, moving along from that because yeah, moving along from that. That has been part one. Part two will feature the rest of the ten teams, and then it will also fa- feature where we lay it out clear and plainly who we think's winning the league, who we think's getting relegated, and who we think's getting Europe. There's a lot better. There's a lot better sides in the next uh, episode, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, let's hype that up. So make yeah, sure you some, hit subscribe. Make some sure good teams like. like Nicassia United and Cassia United and Nicassia United. Yeah, also known as, there's, some might great, get... there's some great teams after that as well in Manchester United. Yeah, Manchester City, City. yeah. Manchester City, good, good team, Manchester City. Also, my relegation contenders are in the next lot, so you know. What, Tottenham? <laughs> I will not confirm who they are. Liverpool, <laughs> Liverpool. Make, you make sure you listen to part two of Football Beef. Like, subscribe, follow us on Twitter at BuzzFootball. Good night, everybody. Good night. Football base! This just in from the powers that be. We have the reports of a spiffingly wonderful but slightly weird podcast with news from around the world wide web. This podcast contains amusing quips and delightful anecdotes that may just cheer up your Monday. I believe I'm getting some audio from the podcast itself. I seem to have a history of mini golf because I've had a bird land on my shoulder at another mini golf course. You ever thought about not playing mini golf as much or indoor mini golf safely? I've, pl- I've played indoor mini golf and I got hit in the head with a mini golf ball. I was like, why would you not know Andre the Giant? Like, of all the wrestlers you can't name. I'm like, I just that guy called Andre the Giant. <laughs> Anything, it'd be that other guy that's huge. <laughs>
when my wife goes out, I like to lick her salt, the <laughs> Himalayan salt lamps. They taste lovely. With that. I'm so scared. <laughs> when my wife goes out, I like to lick Himalayan salt lamps. Would not have been the, the complete salt lamps. In the, yeah, yeah, in the blank. Yeah, what, ha- what happened next? I went and got an ice cream from an ice cream shop and the man behind the counter said oh look out for the seagulls and I just laughed because you know you just kind of don't really take it all in anyway I was walking along the beach eating my ice cream and out of bloody nowhere seagull swoops down and takes the head off of my ice cream I'm left with a tiny bit of comb in my childlike hands That's all we can afford to reveal from the archives. If you're wanting more of this type of top quality banter in your eardrums, then you can find them by scanning your most popular platforms, such as the spiffing Spotify, the aristocratic Apple podcast, and grandstanding Google, among many more. How exciting! So, what's the name of this podcast, you ask? Well, that's a very good question. And the answer to that question is the Totally Buzzed UK podcast. What's that? Say it again, you say? It's the Totally Buzzed UK podcast. You can catch their broadcast from the early bird time of Monday at 7am. But not to worry if you aren't such an early bird as you could always visit the archives when new episodes are added weekly for your listening pleasure. If you suffer from selective hearing, I shall repeat again where you can search for these archives. The following are Spiffing Spotify, Aristocratic App and Podcasts, and Grandstanding Google, among others. So if you enjoy a tickety-boo time, then adjust your streaming platforms and tune in.